Hello and welcome to the EduChat podcast hosted by myself, James Brown. This podcast is brought to you by Discovery Schools Academy Trust and Partners to provide listeners insightful, honest and interesting reflections on educational themes in primary schools. During each podcast, we will explore through conversations some of the great practice and stories from the sector, as well as focusing on some of the challenges and issues facing us today. We hope you enjoy our podcast and welcome your reviews, and we encourage you to share the podcast with friends and colleagues in your schools. You can find us at Discovery Trust on Twitter, um, and you can email us at podcast at discoveryschoolstrust.org.uk. Today we're going to be discussing effective early years practice with Tim Gilbert. Hi Tim, how are you? Hi James, it's great to see you this afternoon. Thank you and thanks for taking the time out of your busy day. I know how exceptionally busy you are so I do really appreciate your time. Um, We're going to have a a broad conversation today about um, early years practice and we're also going to talk quite a lot about um, Tim's uh, setting at Moega Hill Primary School in Leicester Um, and so I hope that this provides listeners with an interesting reflection on early years practice and also there's some kind of tips and hints in here for maybe how to uh, think about your own settings in your own schools. Um, Tim, tell us about yourself, what's your background and um, tell us about your passion for early years. Thanks James. My passion for early years probably comes from uh, having a a childhood that was fun and based outside with lots of freedom, those climbing trees, building endless Lego models and uh, having, you know, that opportunity and that fortunate opportunity to just to play. Um, That's where my passion comes from. One of my best friends said, uh, you've got the best job ever, you play for a living and uh, you're just like a big kid that gets uh, paid for it. And some days that's how I feel and it's really a privilege to be able to spend time with children and just um, enjoy seeing their development through play. Um, My background is I trained in early years and key stage one and then developed some experience in key stage two in my early NQT, NQT plus one time. And then was looking for some more specific preschool uh, experience and moved to a private nursery setting where I worked for a number of years and developed a forest school there, preschool um, leadership, which was which was fantastic. And also to experience that early years from babies all the way up to, to when they're ready to go to school. Um, then it was time for another challenge and that appeared through um, Moeka and it's been a fantastic journey to work with the school in its improvement of the early years and all of the staff that have been on that journey with us as well. We're at a situation now at Moeka where we are tweaking things. We're, being a, we're, we're brave in what we're doing because we've gone through certain steps to ensure that what we're doing is right for children and that they can develop at a point that is right for them. So passion is my early years because I like to see the the whole child being developed and that's what the early years curriculum brings. Great, and tell us a little bit more about Moeka Hill then. Tell us about the how long you've been here and the journey the school's been on since you, you came into post. So I've been here for three and a half years now um, and the school is in an area where children perhaps don't have access to outdoors, they don't have access to wider open spaces and that's what our setting provides. We've um, been on a real journey, even just kind of thinking about the environment that we work within. We have a large old hall, which was a, was a hall and is now a classroom for 60 children. And when I arrived there was a partition down the middle of it created from furniture 
and a curtain. And the first big thing I did when I arrived was to break down the, what I called the Berlin Wall to, to make that space an open space for all children to interact, but also for the interactions between adults and the children to be increased through um, flexibility and staffing. Um, we've now at present got uh, an F1, so we've got a 40 place F1, both AM and PM, which has been through many changes as well, uh, specifically in the outdoor environment. They've got a really lovely open space um, with grass and trees and um, lots of things to develop their physical ability and we'll talk a, perhaps a little bit later on about the aspects of the early years that needs to be covered within the curriculum to ensure that children are ready for school. Um, also in F2 we've got a 60 place setting and at present we have four staff working in there um, and, and myself working to ensure that children are as prepared as they can be for their next stage. And Tim, tell me about the school at Moeka, so um, your Ofsted journey, um, what the school as a whole was like in terms of staff culture and uh, leadership and so on when you arrived and, and how that's changed in the last three and a half years. So the school's been on a, a journey of uh, ensuring that we've got people that are invested in Moeka. Um, there was a lot of staff movement and transition in and out um, unfortunately, because of the challenging situation that we found ourselves in, um, many staff felt that they weren't the right in the right place for them, which is okay because we've been on that journey and now we have a, a strong staff team that was able to take us into a requires improvement status, which we were really happy with because it was recognised that we were making those improvements that we were on that journey and since then we feel that we've taken further steps to ensure that we are we are more than that. Um, because of the area that we work within, in a, a very deprived area of the city of Leicester, in a pocket, a geographical pocket, and that's quite interesting in itself, um, we have attendance issues that are a barrier that we are working hard to meet. We have attainment issues but actually we have made lots of progress and our children do really well in um, where they come in and and where they leave us. And just to recap then, so the school is currently requires improvement school. That's correct. Another visit. Yeah. Um, but came from special measures. Yes. It's been in special measures yes. for some years. Um, and it sounds like the trajectory of the school is, is a very positive one. So, so that's great. Um, so thanks for taking it. So tell me a little bit more about, obviously we talked, you've already mentioned the Berlin Wall uh, and the way that you ripped the curtain down and, and kind of started again with your earlier setting. Sounds really dramatic, doesn't it? It does sound very dramatic. Yeah. I'm sure it was. It was. I'm sure it was in the papers. <laughs> um, but talk to us about your, your ethos and your, your team's ethos then and the school approach to early years. What is it you have invested your time, resources and, and leadership energy in driving on in your early year setting? For myself as the leader for early years at Moeka, it's been really important that I value all of my staff and their input. And we've built our team and positively the team has changed because as we've moved on, we've developed people in their um, early years understanding and their teaching that they've gone to move on. For example, my foundation stage uh, F1 TA, she's going on to the Inspiring Leaders skit, which is fantastic. She's got that experience. We've helped her to 
uh, ensure that she's ready in every sense to do that. And, and she's leaving us, which means that we have someone else joining us, which is another exciting time. Um, last year, we had a whole new team, apart from myself and the F1 teacher. And we spent a lot of the early days just kind of making sure that we were all aware of why we were here, why we wanted to be in early years. And all of our staff have this want to ensure that the unique child is, is catered for. And at Moeka, that's what we're out for. Our early years is about making sure that they come into school, that they feel comfortable, that they feel secure, that they feel happy, that they've got people that they can go to. We've got people in other year groups that still come back to, to foundation. Um, and I'm in that privileged position to know every child by name because I was the first person that taught them in the school and that's quite a privileged position for any foundation teacher to be in, to really know each child that, that is in the school in that way. Um, as a learner but as a whole person, to know their parents as well. And this is something that we're developing further and further is that engagement with parents and ensuring that we are providing both support for those children but also for, for their families mm. and making sure that they're aware that we're here for them. Absolutely. And, and is, there, um, uh, is there a specific element of your practice, there's sort of a couple of examples maybe that you, of, of things that you really spend some time and effort focusing on? So you talked already about children feeling secure, children feeling welcome, people, children feeling able to sort of express themselves and really be ready for learning. Um, what, what elements of practice within, uh, specific practice within your setting that you would say are kind of ones that you'd be quite happy to, for people to come and look at and share? So our environment is something that we've, we've changed a lot to ensure that children also continue to feel comfortable and confident. Uh, many settings work differently. Um, we provide a continuous provision, a true continuous provision. So every day the children walk into the classroom and nothing has changed. Everything is the same as it was the day before. Because if they know that they can go to a certain area of that classroom, find the same aspects that were there the day before they automatically feel secure because it's familiar to them they know what to do with what they've got in front of them but then what they can begin to do once they're secure once they know what they've got in front of them is to then further their knowledge further extend what they can do with that and that experience and extending of learning can be done through the interactions that happen with with staff um, We've also been working at Moeka to ensure that our practice is always reflective and we're looking at how we can develop things. Um, we're doing something called In The Moment Planning at the moment. This is from a book by Anna F. Grave. Many people may have seen it. It's a big Twitter kind of conversation that occurs a lot. And we were really brave at taking the step to go down this truly kind of child-led route. Um, in the moment planning does go with the child. We have four focused children every week and we follow those children around through observation, just watching what they're doing, making sure that we really know what makes them tick in our classroom. We also communicate with parents and that was a, an area that we need to really improve on at Moeka is to ensure that we were getting the parent voice a massive part of an effective early years provision. We ensure that we've spoken to the parents, 
perhaps got some feedback of what, about what those, those children are up to at their home or what they've talked about about school. And that helps us kind of guide what we might look at during the week. So it might be that a child has a specific love of trains. So we will then ensure that we're dropping little enhancements around the room into this continuous provision that are linked with trains. So in our creative area, we might put pictures of trains. We might put the trains in the small world so they can then start to develop a story around a train. And those enhancements uh, are specific for that, that child for that week. You might be thinking, well, what about all of those other children in the room? Because there potentially could be another 56 of them. But what happens is that children then follow on from other people and we can then get lots of good observations and evidence in terms of our own knowledge about, about our children. Sounds great. And, and are you beginning to, is, it, is that in its infancy at the moment or are you beginning to see some of the impact of that? And how has, not that it's the, the, the kind of be all and end all, but how has data changed in the three and a half years since you've been here in terms of early years outcomes and, and maybe even further up the school? So early years outcomes were very low when I arrived, so 22% the year before uh, GLD, good level of development. Um, so for those people that aren't aware of what good level of development is, that is the three prime areas of the EYFS curriculum, which is communication and language, physical development and health and self-care, along with maths and literacy. So a child has to reach the early learning goals for all of those areas to get a good level of development. So 22% of our children were doing that four years ago, um, actually more than that. And then it went to a 38%. We've made changes, we've had changes of staff, we've had input from various people and initiatives, and we're now at around 50% and have been for the last couple of years, and 55% which we're really pleased with. Yeah. That progress has, has been fantastic, um, especially because of where our children come in at and the, the progress they have to make is, is rapid. Mm -hmm. But we've been brave and we've found that if we are to be with our children, we are to spend time with our children, we're to recognise our children as unique and to cater for their needs, then there's no reason why they can't progress and come out making that good level. Super. So it'd be interesting to see how the um, in-the-moment planning drives that on even further in the coming year, and, and, and I'm sure that'll even that'll continue to demonstrate impact. I'm interested to know um, about your broader role. So I, I understand you're working a lead practitioner role. So across our trust, you have a responsibility for supporting early years teachers and running network sessions and collaborative training events but you also have quite a significant role within the teacher development um, teach training through inspiring leaders teach training so talk to us a little bit more about how that works and, and what experiences you have of training and supporting and inducting to, to a large degree new entrants to the profession that's right i'm really fortunate to be able to be taking part in inspiring leaders skip program and we've developed an early years course, a three to seven course, to run alongside the five to 11 course that the, the skip were already running. And it was great to see how people were really wanting to get more 
specific experience and knowledge in, in early years. And we've developed a programme of, of kind of top-up sessions for, for those people that wanted that early years experience. And it's been really exciting to be able to communicate with those teachers that are, are in training the values of early years to help them to recognise what their values are as early years practitioners, what they're hoping for in their, their coming years, and to really ensure that they're ready and, and waiting to kind of go and make a difference in those early days. Early years is such a different part of a school and it can be a challenging place because sometimes you might be the only person that is following that curriculum. If you're in a, a double setting or there's a setting where there's you know three form, then you'll have that support around you. So we need to ensure that our trainees, when they go into schools, if they're one form entry, that they're aware of the the earliest practices, the, the codes of conduct, the, the processes that need to occur. And we've spent a lot of time looking at that but also ensuring that they're aware of the different routes to learning and the different ways that children can learn and the different ways that children need to learn to ensure that they're ready for, for the rest of their career in education. So ensuring that they've got that aspect of physical development ready. And, and tell me, as part of the programme, is it fair to say that, um, that Moacre is sort of held up as an example of success or do you... I'm very aware that different uh, settings, different schools have very different approaches to early years. It's quite quite broad in its in its in, in its um, manifestation. So, how do you encourage uh, trainees to go and experience different approaches to early years? Um, and and what are their reflections on seeing different approaches to early years when you see them during their training sessions? I think that's a really key point that you've picked up, James. Is that there are different approaches, and it's okay that 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 is the case. Um, You've mentioned Moeka being held up, and I, I often play that down. Um, and often I could go into places and people say, oh, you're the early years expert. And I, I don't like that either, because actually I think that being a facilitator for people to recognise what their their purpose and their value is within, within the early years is, is, is the important thing. Um, and to ensure that those principles of early years are, are held up in all of our settings the principles of kind of ensuring that that unique child is at the focus of everything that we do to ensure that we've got an environment that is going to enable those children to learn to ensure that all of the staff as teachers or support staff TAs volunteers they all have positive relationships with children are aware of how to communicate with them to make interactions really matter and all of those things will then provide learning and development and through the skit, we've provided lots of different experiences for those trainees. A lot of these experiences have also been provided for our current practitioners to ensure that they go out and see good practice. I'm the first to say, let's go somewhere else. I'm also the first to say, when someone's been in to visit my setting, what can we do? What else can we do? And it is about that learning collaboratively that I think is really important. And I'm always very encouraging to both myself and my staff, the, the, the trainees that I work with, is to take on board lots of different ideas, but then just be secure on what your, your focus is. And if it comes back to that child, then that's, that's right. If what you're doing is right for that child to ensure that their learning and development 
progresses, then it, it's the right thing to do. And the early years curriculum allows us that ability to, to make those decisions based on, on our children. Sure. Okay, and, and, and what's also I'm, I'm interested to unpick is obviously we're seeing um, baseline changes re recently, uh, so baseline assessment changes recently come out, and there's a story in the media we were talking just before the podcast about uh, some new announcements that have come out today. So how do you personally stay abreast of kind of new developments, um, and, and how are some of those changes perhaps going to impact the way in which the programme and the, and the new, new trainee teachers for the future uh, approach their, you know, how do you stay abreast and keep them abreast mm. effectively? So, throughout this year and you know this first year of running the the three to seven course, we've already kind of preempted a lot of the things that are taking place. You know, the changes in the baseline, the news that there will be changes with the early learning goals and how they might look. So already our trainees are aware of those happenings and how they might impact on their learning, and we have to prepare our trainees for those changes that will happen within any educational system that you know those changes occur um, the best way that I find out things is through Twitter it it keeps me up to date um, we're also really good as a learning community to update each other um, it's really nice to be able to open up your emails or to get your phone out at the end of a busy day and kind of go Oh, they've they've recognised that that's something that I could do with knowing about, because you can't always see everything first. But it's really nice to be part of a wider organisation that is aware of the importance of all stakeholders, um, and nice to be able to see that people go, oh, Tim might need to know this because then that can be passed on through other other. And is that streams. happening both through the skit and through, the, I guess, the trust and the teaching yeah. school that you're working as well? So that so, community you've developed over a period of time. And, and I think that's another strong point. It's about having that network of people around you to support. And we're really fortunate. And it was fantastic to be able to be part of this wider organisation, to have um, people that will see the need to support others, that we're part of... Um, this improvement not just for our school but for all schools we were talking at another meeting this morning about actually the whole approach to ensuring that we're just making a difference for a child and I think that's really strong and that's coming out actually let's just all keep informed and let's help each other keep informed excellent thanks Tim it's really good to hear about the kind of breadth of your role and it's been lovely to hear about the journey of Moeka Hill and uh, clearly that's going in the right direction. I'm really excited to see how the uh, in-the-moment planning stuff begins to sort of take shape in your setting. Um, and, and also to hear a little bit more about your role in new teacher development, which, as we know, in a, in a pressing and challenging time for the system, to know that we've got talented new trainee teachers of all ages, actually, and mm. backgrounds coming through um, is, is, is really encouraging and very positive. Um, I'm interested to know... Um, any practice that you've seen in other schools that you because we as a, as a trust there's an opportunity very much so to go in and observe and explore different settings with very much an open door policy and actually within the teaching school alliance as well to go and sort of learn from others could you reflect on a couple of things that you've seen in the last sort of year that you thought you know what absolutely i'm going to take that with permission obviously that's a great bit of practice i'm going to come and drop that back into my settings that's going to really complement the work that we're doing what's what have you seen what's brilliant out there 
I've seen so much and the, I'm really fortunate because I get to see wider than the trust. I also get to go and pick up things when I'm doing my professional tutor visits, which is really nice. Only the other day I was in a school and they were using AirServe and the iPad to communicate what was going to be happening around the rest of the room. So the children were in one place. And this was always a problem that I'd had, you know, when we used to change things every day in our setting. How do I communicate effectively what my intended outcomes are for those for those children? And I used to get them to follow me around the room and you'd have some that disappear or they wouldn't be looking the right way. And this was just a really simple and easy way of communicating via that connection with the iPad, using a camera to communicate what those children needed to do. That was really effective, really quick. And we went, I came straight back here and said, you know, we could do that. We could just show them what the different parts of the room, yeah, yeah, what the different parts of the room are. You know, when we get those new children in next week and we can show them around the room and they don't have to be traipsing around, they could just be on the carpet watching it and we could be interacting with each other and that would be effective. It was also um, having the ability to kind of go and see completely different places. Hind Lees at Shepshed is is one that always kind of sticks in my mind uh, because it is so brave in its practice. And sometimes being brave is really important and being able to just take sometimes those those leaps of faith to go, well, let's just try it because it might actually make a difference. And Shepshed Hindley's preschool um, is a preschool that is very much focused on children's well-being, as is important here at Moeka. But they are outside all of the time. Children have access to real risk-taking activities. And those risk-taking activities also build on fine motor and gross motor aspects. Um, and those two areas are in the proposed early learning goals, the new early learning goals that have come out is fine and gross motor for physical development. Um, and also they have this mindfulness aspect to their to their work as well and ensuring that staff and pupils are well looked after. And I think, you know, that's that's really important to ensure that we are looking after our early years staff as well. Um, so many different things. I think the Hindleys in particular, so we've, as a, as a teaching school alliance, have taken head teachers over to the Hindleys setting on a couple of occasions and I know uh, colleagues who may be listening and tuning into this podcast will be able to request the same, but as a venue is, um, is inspiring, is, is alternative, you might argue, um, but is, is completely engaging as a facility mm. and um, I wouldn't go as far as saying they are lucky because of their environment because I don't think it's through luck. I think it's absolutely through mission yeah. um, and um, well worth re- uh, visiting. In addition to Moeka, obviously, but it, but in a kind of a preschool setting, absolutely fascinating and you definitely wouldn't expect it to be where it is um, at the end of that kind of, um, I guess, that estate that it sits yeah. within. Um, amazing. Okay, so Tim, look, we've taken a chunk of your time. Um, one of the things we asked from all the visitors... Um, on our podcast is just a sort of few top tips and I think maybe the key audience for this will be early years teachers, early years leaders. Um, so kind of from your experiences and from, which sound very broad actually, um, what are your top tips to kind of early years settings and early years leaders out there around kind of continuing to drive improvements and, and do the best for children? 
in all the things that I talk about and you know we share in the conversations that we get into in all of the different roles that I'm fortunate enough to be in, I've recognised that I end up actually coming back to the same thing again and again. Um, I don't want to shout too loud about that because then if people cotton on, I'll be out of a job. But, you know, it's that, it's that ability to just share what our values are. And a top tip for anyone that I talk to now is to ensure that you are comfortable and confident as a leader in early years or you are comfortable and confident as a teacher or a TA, a practitioner, I like to say. If any practitioner in an early year setting is confident about why they're there, what their children are doing, and can explain and communicate with anyone who walks through the door what they're doing and why, then that is is spot on, because then no one can leave that space without really understanding what their priorities are. Because sometimes early years can be misunderstood, and a room can be misunderstood, and the, what children are doing can be misunderstood because you could see a child doing something that other one other people might go well he wasn't learning or he wasn't engaging without that context and people talking about the context of children then things can be misunderstood and mis misinterpreted to have a clear purpose is really key to share that purpose to be open to always changing and reflective on what you do. Above all, it's to be child-centered. And that's why, as I said at the beginning, I love the job that I do because early years is so child-centered, it's whole child. The 17 areas of the early years curriculum cover every part of that child and Development Matters, the non-statutory document is there from birth all the way up to five. And that's what's, what's so important, is to ensure that we recognise that children have all come on a different journey. They're so early on in their lives, and that each one of them will be developing at different rates in different areas, and we can cater for those um, through our relationships with them. Super. That's really great. Thanks, Tim. And. Um it's been so useful to have um, uh, an amount of your time today, and I know how busy you are, so so that's great. If people want to get in touch to maybe uh, maybe over social media, for example, just to sort of throw ideas around or potentially come and arrange to meet or visit, how, how might they get in touch with you? Uh, the best way to kind of follow the things that are happening within the trust or through the Inspiring Leaders skit is to follow at dsateyfs on Twitter. Also to go to the Discovery Schools website where you can find contact details there or alternatively to go to the Moeka Hill Primary School website as well and find out a little bit more there or email me directly. Great, thanks Tim and uh, like I say, much appreciated. I'm sure uh, listeners found that really interesting today and um, some examples of, of good practice, some, some knowledge about the sort of interventions that you're and, and some of the work that you're doing here at, at Moeco is, is brilliant. Um, so that concludes today's podcast. Um, our next podcast session will focus on uh, innovative approaches to teaching and learning. Um, we'll be joined by David Briggs, um, who is the uh, Director of Primary Education at Discovery Schools Academy Trust. So keep an eye out for that one being released. Um, don't forget you can help us to improve our podcast by emailing us at Discovery Schools Trust. Uh, sorry, podcast at discoveryschoolstrust.org.uk and you can leave, leave reviews on uh, the various uh, podcast sites. Um, 
we fully encourage you to do that because it helps more professionals um, and, and colleagues find our podcast um, through the various sites that we're available to be uh, found on. Um, and you can follow us finally by um, visiting uh, at Discovery Trust on Twitter or, or our website, discoveryschoolstrust.org.uk. You've been listening to Edge Chat Podcast by Discovery Schools Academy Trust. And from me, James Brown, goodbye. <laughs>